So here we are, welcome to episode three of the Hardwired podcast in our new studio, Mark One. Um, still a bit of work to do on it, but we're, we're getting there. Yeah, man. And so, yeah, this is the, this could be the new home of the Hardwired podcast moving forward. Comfortable? Yeah, man. Yeah, I just want to say a big shout out to the dog for letting us use it for episode one and two, and we will probably return there. Definitely. at some point down the line. I feel like there'll be an anniversary episode at the dock. Got to. Got uh, to at some that. point. Yeah. And we still do want to go out and try and do some shows at other venues, maybe Subside or The Crew. So if you own a venue you want us to come film us, hit us up. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, hit us up. Rock City, we are coming for you. We are. So I wanted to start, really, with just wanting to say thank you to everybody that has supported the podcast so far. We've had some really nice comments come in. Um, one of them that I really liked, uh, Charles on Facebook said, uh, who are these clowns? Uh, plastic fans? So that was a really good one. Um, I really liked that one. That was, that, was, one. that was a good one. Yeah, my old Dave uh, on Instagram simply writes, what a bunch of jokers. Nice. Really, really good. I like to think that we're quite funny as well. Yeah, Michael on YouTube uh, says, this is in reference to our download interview. Okay. Um, even more proof that download is only catered for smash hit teen generation fans. Oh, of course, yeah, because Metallica and Lorna Shaw and Parker Drive are exactly that target market. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, and then Queef Burglar 59 on TikTok simply writes Bellends. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, cheers for that, mate, yeah, and uh, keep those comments much. coming in. I definitely like that like one, that, ugh, that last one. Okay, so I saw a news article uh, yesterday, I think it was on Loudwired, um, okay. that suggested that new metal is popular again based on Google Analytics data to say that it's now being searched more than what it was back when it first came around. Okay. So are we seeing a new metal resurgence? Uh, that is the question. What do you think? Um, I think stuff like this always comes around. You've got Limp Biscuit touring, mm -hmm. so it's always going to come up. And and they are the godfathers of new metal, in my of. opinion. One of let's one let's of. not disrespect Corn. Well, matter. you say that like that is the argument, isn't it? Mm. But would if you sat down with Jonathan Davis and said, "Are you a new metal band?" I think he'd probably slap you because I don't think they would class themselves as a new metal band. Would Fred Durst and Limp Biscuit though? Definitely. Do you think? The hip-hop, the rapping, the, the, the vibe is very uh, new metal. Okay, is new metal a resurgence? Okay, the, the, the best way to do this was to, like, if, if there is a resurgence, then what's the new band that has resurged it? Yeah, that is the question. There isn't no forefront band that's bringing that style back. Although that was that band at Limp Biscuit the other day, which were awesome. Black Gold was okay. the first support act on, and they had like an NWA vibe mixed mm -hmm. with metal and it was it was very much of that new metal sound yeah loads of um break beats and stuff between the songs um that was really good then Wargasm came on which wasn't so good but that's just my own I mean that's your opinion that's my opinion I am very much the same opinion but I know a lot of people do like and do get Wargasm so yeah I think that's maybe what's happening as well is that bands like Wargasm and stuff or Spirit Box or whatever that grew up on new metal they're actually like popular bands now and they are yes. talking about it more touring with the people they uh, you know they grew up listening to so maybe that's something to do with it yeah let's double back to Spirit Box I mean they are smashing it and they are the new style of new metal and there's a the he I suppose the heavier style which you probably haven't come on 
is a band called Love. Mm. Um, very much the heavier side, the techy side, but very much new metal orientated. So yeah, Hacktivist was similar, wasn't it, for a little bit. That's that's mm. about playing Techfest this year actually. Oh nice, nice. Talking of Techfest. Yeah, ma'am. Uh, we will be speaking to Techfest later in this show. Um, so we look forward to speaking to them. So yeah, I don't know, mate. I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm saying I don't sure if I believe there's a new metal resurgence because I don't think rap I think rap is an important part of new metal and I don't see any bands bringing rap into the music the way it was back. And I say rap loosely, you know, Fred Durst is a no no rapper and Mike Shinoda was no rapper but it was a part of it um, and I'm not seeing that at the minute and then obviously you know the sampling the classic sampling of like Wu-Tang Clang albums and things like that that was so prominent mm. in the first run of new Metal um, which yeah. we're not seeing at the moment I think there's so many subgenres of metal and music now that how do you class yourself as an out and out new Metal band like when Limp Bizkit, Korn, Linkin Park came onto the scene. They were just new metal, mm-hmm. but now you've got like you've got tech metal, metalcore, heavy metal, everything down to grindcore now. Like, how do you like differentiate like rap metal with new metal? It's all its own little subgenres. So yeah, I think you probably find the term new metal was probably invented by Kerrang as a way to oh, yeah. market it. You know, I'm sure it wasn't the bands that were like, yeah, we're new metal. I bet it was a marketing term to branch um, a movement. But it's very interesting to see those cycles. And I can clearly remember, you know, hearing the first sort of like Limbiscuit songs around, for me, about 99, 2000, being like, well, yeah, what the fuck's that? Um, and I suppose most, a lot of people identified with it and jumped with it because anyone that grew up listening to rock was kind of grandfathered in by a parent or a brother um, that typically would have liked Pantera, Iron Maiden, you know, the, the heritage bands. And then all of a sudden we got this new new metal and we were like, shit, we can have this. This is our fucking sound. And, you know, for me that was definitely why I got into it because I was living in the wake of sort of like, oh, I like Iron Maiden. My older brother would be like, you don't know fuck all about Iron yeah. Maiden. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, have you heard of Limp Bizkit? Have you heard of Slipknot or whatever? And he's like, you know, no. And I'm like, well, this is fucking mine. This is, I'm having this. Yeah. Generational, isn't it? Music comes down to, like my dad used to listen to like Black Sabbath, yeah. Maiden. He got me into Metallica. And then, yeah, when he'd come into my room, I'd be listening to like, like Slipknot or Devil Driver or stuff like that. I'd be like, what the fuck is that? I'd be like, this you know, like I said, this is mine. Yeah. And then it's just progressed onto music now, which is... Because you've kind of got no... Um, you've got no comeback when someone's an old school, you know, I saw fucking Iron Maiden, you know, when they were playing London Apollo to like a thousand people. And like, you're like, well, I like them. You know, let me in, let me in. And they're like, no, I've got the original vinyl. But the new metal thing was like, well, yeah, this is mine, man. I've got my fucking plastic CD. <laughs> I have found myself starting to do that. Like, oh, I saw Parkway Drive at the Underground in Stoke in like 2006 yeah. when there was like 50 people there. Or I saw Bring Me the Horizon um, in a 100 cap room. And then I, like, I take my stuff back. It's like, I am literally that person now. Yeah, I try really hard not to be that person. No, I can't, yeah. I can't help it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, I don't want to be that guy. But yeah, you are right. You, you know, you're passionate about it and you've got history and memory with it that yeah. someone else hasn't got. You feel a little entitlement to it, I guess, um, because it's a part of your life. 
So some people probably call it just being a big-headed bastard, but yeah. I'll say that. But it got me thinking about what other musical genres has there been a clear start, middle, and end to that we've seen in our lifetime. Uh, I think metalcore probably one of those that falls into it, like when Killswitch first came out and. I feel like we talk about the same three bands every time. Killswitch, Iron Maiden and Metallica. We're, we're gonna, we like more bands, trust me. We just need to get a tick list, like the next one. It's like, yeah, mention them, mention yeah. them. Every episode so far has been a, a Killswitch episode. Yeah. Um, but you know what I mean? Like Metalcore, we saw it grow, we saw it sort of die off, and then it sort of turned into like hardcore maybe? Or No, no I'd, I'd say Metalcore is still very prominent genre, especially in underground music. Um, architects, would you class them as a Metalcore band? I'd say they're probably down the new metal thing now because they're very much a Radio 1 band now the old stuff um, there's elements of metalcore that are still really prominent though you know like the more clean guitar intro than the coming in so that was a good a good movement yeah like the, the era of these colours don't run and doomsday like the older heavier stuff definitely but I couldn't even name you a new architect song like no disrespect to them now but like it's always for me architects It'll always be the older stuff. But I did say this about Bring the Horizon, and then I got into it, and now I fucking love the new stuff. So yeah. maybe I just need some time to adapt. Yeah, man. And maybe before we download, well, this get, it. You yeah. listen to a few records and check it out. Oh. I saw them live uh, less than six months ago in Nottingham, and I didn't know many of the tracks, but fuck me, the atmosphere and everything. I was just like, yeah. didn't leave the pit all night. It, yeah. it was wicked. Don't get me wrong, I've seen Architects a couple of times live, they're spot on. Yeah. So hopefully, I'll see them at download. Maybe smash some new stuff out, and then I'll go back and be like, "Yeah, that was wicked live." I'm gonna check because I do find that yeah. you watch something live. I think again, I think we said this about the Metallica album, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. Um, that you watch it live, you'll go back and then really connect to it. Yeah. What other musical cycles have we seen? And so, emo. Yeah, emo was oh. a big one, and that was thinking back to when we talked about why My Chemical Romance were bottled off stage. Mm-hmm. I actually think. That was a lot to do with like Kerrang was just Pantera, Corn, Limp Biscuit, or and then one day it just changed and it was the front cover was emo, big fringes. Yeah. And then everyone was like, Whoa, what's happened to my beloved Kerrang? I, I love Kerrang and all of a sudden it's changed style. Yeah. So maybe that was part of the backlash against the emo movement. Generational people again, that would be. It's yeah. like, I'm not fucking buying that anymore. Um, but yeah, I'd say with emo, it's like it was massive, like between two thousand and five and seven slash eight. But it's come back. Yes, I'd say with the return of My Chemical Romance, and this time they seem a bigger band. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. At the start, I fucking hated emo, and I was like, "Fuck emo kids, fuck all that." <laughs> no, I'm never going to get into that. Yeah, you put a My Chemical Romance album on now or some Fallout Boy or something, you know, I'm not, I don't get offended. And I'm like, yeah. eh, actually, you know what? There's, there's some good in this. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things again, isn't it? It's like we were a part of that very much so. Yeah, like we yeah. can take our history as being there for the bottle fights. But now I wouldn't say that I'm a massive fan of My no, Chemical Romance. I'm not saying that by the long stretch, but musically I can sit there and go, okay, there's some talent there. But yeah. it's not, there's no, there's a reason why they got so big. Of course there is, yeah. They, they were the forefront of the emo genre. I think what it promoted, though, you know, Pantera and all that, and Limp, but was like drink beers, fucking go out, be a blo- you know, Oy, drinking beers, smashing it. Whereas emo was very much like, oh, I'm so confused, and yeah. I didn't, I didn't answer, relate to that message. You know what okay. I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. I'd, okay, so that's one that's 
gone and come back what about consistent genres of music that have never gone away mm, good question I guess your stereotypical heavy rock sound has never faltered so you've got like ACDC that kind of sound and then bands like Alter Bridge carried it on you've got Mammoth that are coming through now we heard their Mammoth um, VMH I think it's called they're no. really really good it's Van Halen so I think it's his son or something coming through they're playing it download they yeah. are, they're really good but that sort of 4-4, four, four, you yeah. know, solid rock beat has never gone. No, it's not gone. Thrash is another one yeah. since, obviously, <laughs> Metallica yeah. started it in early 80s. Oh, Megadeth fans are like, going to fucking burn you now. Well, Metallica <laughs> were before Megadeth because Dave Mustaine was in Metallica. Yeah. So they were first. But yeah, so you've had that constant for 40 years. Like there'll always be new Thrash bands. And I, I'm, I'm a massive fan of Thrash. There's never been a period where it's faded off, maybe in the 90s, but then, you know, it, I think it's one of the strongest underground genres now, as well as a big genre, so big up thrash music. Yeah, still going. What else has remained? Um, I guess sort of like the slip, well. With death metal yeah, in general yeah, yeah. has never gone away. Yeah, exactly, yeah, that just very double bass pedal. Yeah, just blast beats, just. But has it ever peaked to the point where it would have a resurgence? It's kind of just stayed at a, a level hasn't it yeah there's a lot of niche genres from it like deathcore was a stem of death metal slam music is a stem of death metal and i saw saw cannibal corpse at rock city the other week and to see them who are like the forefront of the death metal movement when they first started to still i know it's rock city it's not arenas but like that was capacity the whole tour was sold out so i think yeah i don't think it's gone anywhere but it's definitely been a consistent genre of heavy music yeah man and selling out rock city is nothing to be you know not to be sniffed at that is a fucking great venue and big size crowd Mm. something another one i think which is probably the most popular it's ever been is black metal yeah um you know the dressing up the i know it's very heavy music but yeah i think that's that's definitely the highest it's ever been i know it's always been there but um there's a lot of underground bands who are now smashing it in underground festivals which is really high capacity I mean there's a band a couple of bands from Derby one called Abduction they're absolutely smashing it all over Europe um, and they're sort of carrying the thing of black metal as well how do you feel about tribute bands because before we um, what, what did they do in council meetings declare an interest okay <laughs> let's just go with the on a general topic tribute bands good bad how do you feel about tribute bands? <laughs> How am I meant to answer this question? I am very much for it in a limited capacity. I mean, I'm in Motley Crue cover band myself. I love it. I love the style when it's done properly. Um, you know, the, the dressing up, the, the actually sounding like the band. Um, and you can make a pretty little penny from it. To be totally honest. What um, is the name of your Motley Crew tribute band? Notley Crew Not- is what we are called. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. What are some of the other good ones out there? Um Mortalica. Mortalica. They're really good. They're really good actually. Um Chop Suey's one, isn't it? Yes. Chop Suey. Um, audio Rage, and they do a mixture of Audio Slave and Rage Against the Machine songs. That's a yeah. good one. Iffy Clyro. Iffy Cairo, they're good. Yeah. There's going back to emo, there's one called The Black Charade. 
Yeah, that's a good name. That's yeah. a good name. So I run a possibly, arguably, the biggest tribute festival in the UK. It's a four-day tribute festival held at Catton Park called the Derby Sausage and Cider Festival. Um, and we've been doing that for, well, next year will be our 10th anniversary of 10 years of tribute bands. But we're always inundated with comments and stuff on the marketing, like fucking book real bands. Why you got tribute acts? What a load of shit. Um, so yeah, I just thought it'd be an interesting topic to explore because, you know, yes, I agree. We should shine light on to new bands and stuff. And we do have one stage that is all about new local talent, you which you've helped to find some artists for. But, you know, I've never actually paid to go to see a tribute act, even though I work in that industry. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted to just, just explore that topic. Are people right to say, you know, there shouldn't be tribute bands or are people wrong and it's just a bit of fun and it's no harm to the scene? Well, this is it. You're not taking any, the bands who are doing these tribute acts are not taking any money away from these big acts. If anything, they're giving people who maybe can't afford a hundred quid to see the likes of like, I'm just gonna use Motley Crue mm -hmm. an example, and instead see them for like seven quid or 10 quid in their own show. Um, so no, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. it. It would be if you were taking direct stream and mm -hmm. revenue from these big bands. Like I'm sure Lars Ulrich has got something to say about the fucking matter. Well, but, did you see that they actually were bigging up a Chinese uh, cover band I can't remember what they were called uh, it was on the Howard Stern show and he was saying that this band was already out performing new songs off the album before Metallica were <laughs> like they hadn't even played it live yeah. and there was videos from tribute bands playing them and he, he was being very you know uh, complimentary about it I mean if you can pick up a song from an album that quickly and be out and play it before the band have actually played it a fair fucking play yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah I, d I don't think there's anything wrong with it I mean People make actual living out of it, don't they? When they're doing it, probably Absolutely. when they've got to a stage like we're we're playing with a band called Dressed to Kill, who awesome. are a Kiss cover band, and they're like the oldest going, oldest running Kiss band in Europe. I think they've been going like thirty odd years. Yeah. Well, last year we had the Bootleg Beatles headline our show, and they had a five figure number attached to their oh, yeah. to their payment, and they're doing a show nearly every weekend around the world. That's like it. that is a legitimate business. Mm -hmm. And then I think that's where tribute bands do, I, that's where I've got more time for them when it's somebody that you can't actually see anymore. Mm -hmm. So you can't watch the Beatles anymore, it's not possible. Yes, exactly. So that's the only option. Or, you know, like a Linkin Park or something like that that doesn't exist, which is kind of what we try to do with our show is bring some more of those ones that can't be seen anymore, like yeah. a David Bowie or, or something like that. That was fun. Yeah. I mean, as we get later and later into the, you know, the 2000s, we're going to see a lot of the old school metal bands retire. I mean, we've already seen the likes of Slayer go. Yeah. It won't be too long until ACDC goes. So cover bands like them, um, are, I think, yeah, Sam, bring them in. We had an ACDC cover band. I'm not going to mention <laughs> what the band was called, but I, I don't know if there's something that they do in their normal set, but he, the guy came out, he's doing all the solos, just like a 20 minute, well, it wasn't about 10 minute solo piece. And whilst he was playing all these solos, basically got naked during the, the solos. Like his t-shirt came off, his trousers came off. Is that something ACDC do on store? Is it like a... I've never heard of Angus Young to strip <laughs> completely fucking naked on stage, no. And considering ours is a family festival yeah. and children welcome, I was sweating it at the side of stage a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I've ever... 
I've ever even heard of any similar to that was Flea at Red Hot Chili Peppers when they played Woodstock 99. Well, they used to wear socks, didn't they, yeah. on, their, on their dongs? Yeah, Angus Young does not ship me. He wears the, the school uniform, doesn't he? And the, the Troby hat? Yeah, does not strip naked, but doing that at a family event, that's... I, I imagine they've they have come back every year since, have they? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but they were really good, man. They were really good, but I just... I didn't see that in the uh, the preset list. No. I, did, I wasn't expecting it. Have you heard of Stiff Biscuit? I have. So that's a Limp Biscuit tribute band. And we were checking them out the other day, because we... Hardwired is hosting... Um, one of the stages at the Sausage and Cider Festival on the Saturday, and it's more of a rock day. Yeah. In there, we've got Offspring, we've got Green Day, Tribute Green Haze. Um, <coughs> you've got Mark Notley Crew, um, we've got Ify Cairo, yeah. we've got a Royal Blood band as well. Oh yeah, I'm actually really excited to see them. Yeah, Royal Blood are wicked. I've never, I've never seen Royal Blood. I've never had the opportunity to, so yeah. Um, but I was looking for a Limp Biscuit band, and I found this Stiff Biscuit on Facebook. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna watch a couple of videos. And I saw that they'd done a gig at Rock City. And I was like, oh, wicked, I'll, I'll watch that video. And I'm sitting there watching that video, and uh, they're doing break stuff. Literally everyone's wearing red caps and jumping around crazy. I'm like, oh, fucking, yeah, this looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, hang on, rewind that. Who the fuck's that? And it was literally me at the front of this fucking gig, wearing a red cap, and bearing in mind I don't own any caps, yeah. so I've stolen a cap off someone, right. absolutely off my fucking face, just like, give me something to break, and I'm like, I have no recollection of being there, when? at all, <laughs> I just don't know, don't remember anything. Next day, I rang everyone, I was like, did we go to a Limp Bizkit tribute act? And I was like, no mate, don't know anything about that. So, absolute cold sweat moment in the office like when did I go to a Limp Biscuit concert uh sorry when did I go to this Stiff Biscuit concert I have no memory of it and why am I in their promotional video like I need to stop fucking drinking yeah nah <laughs> so when have you have you dug any more do you not not stop? no I don't want to dig any deeper um yeah maybe we'll show the clip um but yeah, no, that was a scary thought, man. What's, what's no recollection? And the poor kid that I've stole the red cap off as well. You bastard. <laughs> Fucking bastard. Give it here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, bit of a cunt. <laughs> you said it, mate. Do you like Maltesers? Who doesn't like Maltesers? Excellent. Right. <clears throat> I... Got a nice pack of Maltesers for you. Are you getting paid to advertise Maltesers? <laughs> I fucking wish. <laughs> So Maltesers, if you're watching, oh, is, it ne- <laughs> is it Nestle? Uh, I don't know. Is it Nestle? It's probably Nestle. Oh, fucking gotta be me. Yeah. We're, we're, we're happy to uh, accept all endorsements. Yes. We're going to play a little game. <laughs> Another game. No, uh, we're not. Put that in your ear. Okay. If you win this game, this is the prize that you can win. Nice pack of Maltesers. Cheers, mate. No expenses spared. No expenses spared. Literally, what was left in the cupboard after Christmas. From Christmas, what, this year or like previous years? Yeah. (laughs) So here's the game. I'm going to play one second of a song and I want you to tell me the name of the song. Okay. You get a point for each name and if you get over seven points, you win the Maltesers. What's it out of? Ten. So I've got to get seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. Because it's a high prize, mate. That's a prize worth winning. If it's it's anything like the fucking last one, I'm going to get a zero, (laughs) mate. Right. Clear on the rules. One point if you get the net title of the song. You get seven out of ten. Seven out of ten to win the Maltesers. Okay. Right. Here is the first track. We'll start off easy. 
It's Master of Puppets. It is Master of Puppets. Congratulations. Yeah. One point, <laughs> and he's off. Next track. Prison Song. Ah, oh, very good. See, I thought that was going to get here. Because <laughs> ah, it's like the same. Yeah, Prison Song, System of a Down, well done. Fucking hell. I, mean, I don't want to give them all teasers away. Next track. It's Welcome to the Black Parade. It is indeed. Fucking hell. I'm getting owned here. All right, next one. This is easy. Okay. Let's break stuff. Let's break stuff. Fair enough. Should have made this harder. All right. Next track. I'm Broken by Pantera. Fucking hell. It's going to be a clean streak, this. What am I on? Five. Five out of five. Fucking let's go. These aren't even my Maltesers. These are my misses. So I was they're not. They're going. not, mate. They're fucking not anymore. <laughs> Two more. Let's go. Right. Next one. It's Holy Wars by Megadeth. Full title. Punishment Jew. Oh, <laughs> All right. One okay. More one more for the victory. Yeah. This is really going to ruin the last joke song as well. Okay. Um, right, next one. Dun, 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 dun. Blink 182. Title of the song? I thought I could still get a point for naming the artist. No, it's title of the song only. I Miss You. It is I yes! Miss You, shit. <laughs> You're definitely going to get the next one. Right, ready? Back in Black by ACDC. That's it, that's done, isn't it? Go on, let's go for 10. Let's go for 10, 10 out of 10. 10. Let's go, yeah, yeah, let's right, go. Again. Next one, playing now. It's Tribute by Tenacious D. Fucking hell. Clean street. I've made this far too easy. No, man, this is, this is nice. I like this game. We can play this one again. <laughs> and then the final song. Okay. Here we go. It's Sorry You're Not a Winner by Andrew Shikari. It is. That's 10 out of 10. That's 10 Fucking. Well I'd like to thank my friends, <laughs> my family, and that fucking shitty I main game from last time. I put that song last as a massive pun. Sorry you're not a winner. Being like, and you're not a fucking winner either, and taking them back. But you smashed it. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Enjoy your Maltesers, you bastard. Right, they weren't even my Maltesers to give away, so I'm in trouble here. Right. Because I don't want you to get in the doghouse, your missus, I'm going to give you a chance to win your Maltesers back, mate. So, Maltesers on the table. I've got a game for you. Oh, right. <sighs> Name the Deathcore logo. Yeah. Okay, so easy as... I'm going to show it you on my phone. We'll show them, we'll pull it on the screen. Tell me what band it is. They get easy and finish quite difficult. They, these aren't the hardest ones, man. He's into it because I know you're a bit of a pussyhole when it comes to death or logo, <laughs> you know what I mean? So let's uh, let's go. So number one, nice and easy start. What does that say? Right. So just to be clear, like I am dyslexic okay. and I don't have a huge knowledge of mm-hmm. whatever you call it, death core. <laughs> <laughs> um fucking hell. This one's quite readable. Why don't you zoom out a bit on it? Have a, have a, have a look from, from afar. Something boy. Yeah. Uh, no. Yes. Did I say boy at the end? Um, I'm going to go with Bedford Cowboy. 
What the fuck? It's job for a cowboy. Okay. Okay. Right. Not Bedford Cowboy. Where's Bedford? Come on. Fucking hell. Right. Number two. This. (laughs) I thought that one was piss easy. (laughs) Right. This one then. How many have I got to get right to win the Maltesers back? One. Okay. Good. Just one. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, Right. That one. Might have to zoom in a bit on that one. Um. Hazard. Ozart. Um. You closer with Ozart. Oz O It's not Ozarade. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be Oceano. Oceano. Yeah. Right. <laughs> fucking out. Okay. No. Right. Here you go. Third one. This is your chance. This is your chance. If you don't okay. get this one, I'm sorry, but I'm the more te- you're not going to be taking the fucking Maltesers back to your missus, mate. All right. Come on. Go on. Yeah, what? I know this what does that say? Yeah. Right. I know Lorna Shaw. Right. Yeah. Sound. And I only know that because I fucking talk about them every episode yeah. as well. Okay. Right. So there you go. Okay. Maltesers are back in the cupboard. Everything's restored. But let's continue. Let's go and get two out of ten. Uh, two out of five. Say? Um, like, I, yeah. <laughs> what do you think it says? What letters can you see? Fucking hell, it's like primary school, this is. I know, but I'm dyslexic, man. So, like... Certain words I can't even see. You know, like through and thought, they're the same word. Yeah. I can't distinguish them. Um, t- tyrant. There, there is tyrant in there. Tyrant. Tyrant's the last word. Oh, I thought that was the first word. Yeah, that's, that's the last word. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was the first word. Um, fucking tortured tyrant. But that's the closest you've been. That's yeah. to obey a tyrant. Wow. Yeah. Okay. okay, right. I'll just give you one more because yeah, yeah, yeah. you've already you've already got the Maltesers back. And this so, is yeah, embarrassing. And yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> what does that say? That is a tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a natural form bush, that one is, mate. Yeah. Right, but but there you go. Maltesers are back in the game. Rich is not getting castrated today. You're welcome. Right, while we're on the subject, (laughs) death metal logos. Yes. Right. As someone that has built a career in marketing, they're not exactly in line with what you would put out on a marketing strategy of having a very readable branded logo. No, but it's the genre and it's it's the style and you couldn't have a band like like Oceano or To Obey a Tyrant yeah. in Times New Fucking Roman, could you? <laughs> yeah. It would on a t shirt, can you imagine? Just like all this deathcore style, like dark, demonic artwork yeah. and then just Oceano. Like just block. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it, man. Um, who was the first then? Who was like one of the the? How did it start getting all squiggly, and then who was taking it like to the next oh, level? I mean, every band now is taking it to the next level. Even bands who don't do deathcore like will have some sort have of. Have Bring Me the Horizon got a deathcore yes. logo yeah. now? One of part of, thinking of marketing actually part of the download marketing has included their uh, their more 
deathcore style one because obviously the normal Bring Me Horizon one is just the block. Yeah. But yeah, they've got um they've got a, a squiggly one, a form bush style one if you want to call it. Is that like really low end, too readable for any? That is that is too readable. It's fucking piss easy. You could probably <laughs> even get that one as well, mate. Yeah. But no, it's it's it has got extreme like some logos I can't read or it's like I can't even make out a letter. Um, but yeah, I'll be walking down the street. I've got loads of t-shirts with like logos like that on, and someone would be like, "What the fuck does that say?" <laughs> and you're like, "What do you mean? Yeah. There's fucking nothing wrong with this." It's well, a crazy one, but yeah, no man, I get it. It's the genre, it's the thing, mm-hmm. but like, some people have took it to the next level. You oh. see all those memes online where it's like a leather chair that's been ripped. I love that one. What yeah. what deathcore bands this? Yeah, I mean that's sick. Um, did you like the form brush at the end? Yeah, you like the tree? Yeah. But no, I'm smarter than that. I know I've been in a few form bushes <laughs> in my day. I imagine. Was it Limp Biscuit Night as well, was it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so um, today's special guest, uh, I know we mentioned it earlier, we're going to have Mr. Simon Garrod from Techfest on the show, the guy that books all the bands, um, I believe formed the brand and is just all time top dog of the festival. Simon, do you want to introduce yourself, man, and uh, say hello to everyone? Hi, guys. My name is Simon Garrett, and as you rightly said, I run UK Tech Fest. Before we talk about your event and stuff, what can you tell me how you got into metal music yourself and what your journey was into to rock and metal and, and how you ended up here? It probably started when I was a kid. I was like a massive Michael Jackson fan. Uh, obviously, like all the Eddie Van Halen solos and the Slash solos, all of that. That obviously led me to like Van Halen, Guns N' Roses. I got into all the classic rock like Thin Lizzy, Black Sabbath, and you know eventually Metallica, Trivium, Chimera, and that was off off the radar from there. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, like I, I I sort of played guitar as a kid. I was like a little classical kid when I was when I was young. I was playing like Papa Roach when I was in like year five on like a classical nylon acoustic. Um, yeah, many years ago. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I probably would say I started as a as a guitarist, really, and then um, yeah, sort of got really into sort of nerdy metal. Um, I suppose about fifteen years ago, I realised like underground bands were more musically talented than the the greats that you see headlining all these festivals in terms of like musicianship, and so I kind of just sided with that and was always on the side of like shred and just mad drums and. You know, just talented musicians, obviously lost in Lavender Town, you reckon there are like prime example of that. Like, you know, they're technically a very underground band, but they can outshred pretty much most bands on the planet. Uh, I don't think everyone would argue with that after they've seen them, do you know what I mean? Just before we get into anything else, how, how's the current things going and how is Techfest 10, 10th year, is it, if memory serves me right? Yeah, we're, we're calling it the 10th edition because the 10th anniversary was during COVID in 21. So we rolled over the 2020 lineup to 21 and then again to 22. So we kind of classed that as the ninth main event. And then this one's the 10th edition. But yeah, um, it's going really well. Obviously, we've got Suffocation, Chelsea Grin, Born of Osiris headlining. Uh, we're still going to be announcing like an early bird as well. Um, yeah, we've still got about 18 more bands to drop soon. And then there'll be 12 more after party acts as well. So we've got about 30 more bands to add to this, this stack already. Yes. What's um so it's tenth year, well, tenth edition. Um something that I just want to talk through is like where did Techfest start and what are some of like the biggest acts you've had play who have now gone on to like conquer the world? It started I used to run a like um like a gent blog basically back in the day. 
and I was English Gentlemen's Quarters, EDQ, and there was another group called LXD, which was the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And we basically said we were going to put on like an all-dayer together, um, you know, back, back sort of 15, 12, 15 years ago. There wasn't really any like labels or management supporting this whole techie thing. And it was just gent blogs posting all these bands, basically. So uh, EDQ and LXD were going to do an all-dayer. And um, we did a couple of things together, but it never really manifested into the festival. And like, I just started TechFest one day on a whim. I was just like, label it what it is on the can. It's just a UK tech metal fest. And um, yeah, it just kind of took off. But like the first year was sold out in Oldham Lounge Bar down south. It's like 425 people, I think we had for the first year. A little three day with like, you know, Silosis, Textures, um, a load of bands. It was like Hacktivist's first show. Um, yeah, it was like, it, you know, that's probably one that's gone on to do well. Do you know what I mean? That was their first ever show. Um, but yeah, I mean, since then, like, you know, we were booking bands like Loathe in 2016. They were playing like 2 p.m. on second stage. Um, you know, we had Sleep Token in 2018, which I'd say was a couple of years before, you know, Download and all these other festivals. Um, you know, I think we've done that quite a bit. You know, like we did Pliny's first ever UK show. Um, it was like his Europe exclusive debut in 2015. And I'd actually been trying to book Penny since 2013. Like I was his 73rd like on Facebook. And I messaged him that night saying, do you want to play TechFest? And like, if you look at Penny now, like he's just selling out 5,000 cap venues, 2,000 cap venues. Do you know what I mean? He's just doing well. Do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I'd say they're probably some of the bands we've got ahead of, ahead of the game on. For anyone that might not have heard of TechFest, like what is the culture behind it what what's the ethos of the brand um well i suppose because like when i started it like it was very much like a bedroom guitarist thing so like my idea was like let's just get out in the sun <laughs> and like <laughs> play riffs and like try and legitimize this actual genre with like a an outdoor festival basically um yeah, I think that was it really, just beers and riffs and a field and sun. It's a, it's a good combination, mate, you know what I mean? It's a recipe for success. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think we've always put, like, vibes first, you know what I mean? Like, you know, there's, there is backstages and stuff, but generally, like, the bands just camp with the fans, and that's that's kind of always how it's been. Like, it's just a massive party in the field. And, like, you know, you look back at some of the videos in, like, 2013, like, monuments are just absolutely hammered and just getting involved with everyone in the campsite. And, like, you know, like, the first time we had Betraying the Martyrs, they were just, like, you know, we paid all their hotels and stuff. And they were like, Simon, I'm so sorry. I know you've bought us hotels, but, like, we're loving this so much. We just want to stay and party, basically. And, uh, yeah, they were up all night till the early hours. And, uh, yeah, it's just one of them. Do you know what I mean? We, uh... I think we win over people with, with how fun it is. How was the 10-year journey? How did you, obviously you said, you mentioned you started in that small venue for 400 people. How have you grown over the last 10 years to be where you are now? Yeah, the second year we went straight outdoors to this sort of biker wedding field that was uh, local to me and kind of cheap and had been recommended by a friend. Um, I think they were kind of more known for like, you know, biker events and raves and weddings, basically. But um, it worked really well. It was just, uh, it was a bit ropey. So we were like, we wanted to go somewhere a little bit more professional, uh, which, you know, 2014, we found the Newark Showground, uh, which is, I think it's like an old military base. And there's, there's like a whole agricultural thing going on there. Um, there's like a war museum there. There's like 
old military planes on there, it's a couple of runways and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's a really big area and it's always kind of allowed us to sort of grow and sort of adapt every year. Do you know what I mean? It's quite customizable um, as a venue. Um, so yeah, we've been there since 2014, um, up to year 10. So obviously knowing you, and I know there's going to be a lot of these moments, but what would be your you know, most proud of moments over the whole TechFest timeline? A couple of things. I mean, the most proudest thing is definitely the community we've built. Um, we've created something where like people can express themselves in a very unique way. And like you can tell from like the merch that we have, like it's just as colourful as you get at a metal festival with as many items as possible. And we're very much about letting people just be themselves and do whatever they're really good at, whether it's just lights or guitar or staging or whatever they do, wherever they fit best is where we want them. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I think like musically, like I think bringing Agent Fresco over because they're like probably one of my favourite bands and like they credited me as like the guy that told the UK about them, which is pretty cool, uh, back in 2015. So, and they're like really big now, yeah, playing Art Tangent and all these other festivals and yeah, they're, they're, they're an incredible band. Um, I'd say North Lane in 2017, that was a personal favourite, um, just because... I just love seeing the main stage room and, uh, you know, just packed to the brim with people just going hard. Do you know what I mean? It's just, that's my favourite part of TechFest is just in a room go, go mad, do you know what I mean? I'm getting the vibe that this is like, um, <clears throat> almost like the illegal rave subculture. Like, this is like the, the prodigy of metal festivals, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, community-wise, a lot of my raver mates say it's a bit like a Psytrance festival for metalheads. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting that. Illuminati sort of Psytrance festival, yeah? Yeah, I've never been to many raves many many years ago, but like, um, I've got a lot of raver mates, and they all seem to appreciate TechFest, which is cool. As a festival organiser, you know, you are have many challenges throughout, you know, especially on-site. Has there ever been a point or a moment... <clears throat> where you were on site and you were like, right, we might have to call this a day now. Like, what's been one of the biggest challenges you've had to overcome during, like, a show? There's a couple. I mean, personally for me, when someone was um, in a situation where they needed, like, emergency help, that was quite like a, um, like a realisation moment of how, like, crucial it is to keep people safe and stuff and, like, you know, how, how much responsibility we need to hold uh, for things like that. That was like a real eye-opener for like, you know, keeping people safe. Because I don't want anyone getting hurt or anything on my watch, do you know what I mean? Um, but I'd say probably the biggest challenge for the team, um, in 2017, there was this like weather warning where there was just going to be like three months of white, uh, rain uh, land on the showground in one hour. It's like this three months of rain in one hour meme that become a thing. And uh, yeah, we just got this flash flood weather warning and uh, it's really the whole place flooded, like, just within an hour. It's during Chelsea Grin's set, the last time they played. And uh, in the in the room, other than the water on the floor, you wouldn't have known anything else was happening. But, like, the crew were, like, lifting all the stuff up onto crates and stuff and getting it out of the way. And, like, you know, if one drop, like, it's this mixing desk, they're fucked. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, they, they, they move like a unit. And, like, yeah, from a fan's perspective, everything went fine. Do you know what I mean? It was, it was perfectly... Uh, perfect show, do you know what I mean? I absolutely smashed it. Um, just want to bring them, bring them back. But um, yeah, that was, a, that was a thing. That was a thing. When I visited Newick Showground, Paul showed me your setup. And it's like two, well, it's three, isn't it? Three uh, sort of warehouses and you move from side to side, don't you? 
do you want to tell us a little bit about that concept? And um, I believe it's no clashes as well, isn't it? It's, it's a unique concept of that. Yeah, we've tweaked it about over the years, but generally you come in from the campsite into the sort of merch area where you'll sort of see all the TechFest merch, all the band merch, and things like guitar companies. And, you know, if there's a record label or a clothing brand or something like that, there'll be a load of stores there, some like, um, you know, like Dario and uh, all these like Evans and like drumstick companies and that, they're all there as well. Uh, but yeah, in this main area, you can either turn right into the second stage or left into the main stage or straight ahead to the bar. And uh, yeah, it's like 20 second walk between stages, if that. Um, it depends how, how packed it is. But like, um, yeah, no clashes. They just alternate one sound check and what the other one's playing sort of thing. It's all closed off, so it's fairly isolated. It doesn't interrupt each other. Um, and then the, the only clash of the weekend is the workshops which run in the day, which would be things like guitar lessons or you know, like um, product demos from like a Strandberg or Aristides or something like that. Or, um, you know, sort of like, we do like a lot of industry insights. So it'd be like managers talking or PRs talking or booking agents. Liam did one last year, spoke about Unearthed and, you know, what he's what he's doing behind the scenes in the industry and that. So we try and make it like an educational platform as well. Um, anyone that's got expertise can come and speak. Do you know what I mean? That's awesome, man. That's a nice, unique touch to uh, give it some variation other than just buy a beer, watch a band, buy a beer, watch a band all day. Yeah, it means like on the main lineup, you can see every single band you're paying for and you can see their set in full. Like it might overlap by 30 seconds, but like, you know, we're pretty fucking tight when it comes to running things, thanks to Amanda. Like, um, you know, she runs it like a ship. But yeah, like, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I'd say we just kind of want to give every band their sort of limelight. So when it's their turn to play, there's no one else playing. Um, and yeah, people can go, go go support everyone, do you know what I mean? Speaking of bands and, and limelight, <laughs> over the years you've probably had some lovely rider requests, Simon. Is there one that really stands out as being the most ridiculous rider request you've ever had? The, not really. I think most bands are fairly reasonable that we've booked. Um, a pretty sort of a funny one. Um, I was sixth in 2014. They wanted um, they wanted pictures of Jessica Alba in their dressing room. Um, <laughs> we, we did. Uh, they they asked for one, and we provided more than that. So we technically technically didn't read the rider correctly. <laughs> yeah, we provided a load of them, and we had someone Photoshop like, like loads of like six logos onto their bikinis and stuff, and they seemed pretty happy. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking okay. sound. I was I was speaking to a band and. Um, I think they were called Gut Locker, and they they say that like if any any venue asks them for a rider, they won't put like beer or food or anything on it. They'll do like obscure PlayStation Two games, and I think the last one they asked for was like Harry Potter Quidditch World Cup. Like that, like if if I'm putting a show and someone asks for that, it's like I'm gonna go out my way. I'm gonna buy that shit for you. And I suppose it's like that. It's like Jessica Alba pictures. All right, yeah. <laughs> we had um. Uh, Monuments wanted a mystery gift, uh, so I messaged the manager saying, "Like the mystery gift will be at this time, and it involves your whole crew, like your lighting guy, your merch guy, manager, whoever's there. Like you can all be involved." And um, it was like, "Yeah, sweet." And it, we basically just brought them a magician, basically, and that was the mystery gift. <laughs> had like a magic show in the dressing room for like half hour. So 
Um, but we've done that for quite a few bands, thanks to my mate Will. And we have a guy called Mitch doing it as well now. We've got a couple of uh, magicians in the team. I also was a magician once. I used to be a member of the Magic Circle when I was in, uh, a kid, basically. So I can actually do a few tricks myself, but I'm nowhere near as good as these guys. Is that why Is that why you are... Uh, like stopping tech fest to uh pursue your dreams of being a magician simon is that it yeah <laughs> no I, I haven't done it in a long time but I, I crack out the odd trick now and again you mentioned the you know the community and the tech fam um earlier um how do you think or how have you seen they're taking the obviously the news that you broke the other week that this will be the the last one for the foreseeable I mean, I say like tech fest is for like uh, tech fam is for life, not just for tech fest. And like, you know, even last night, like uh, local gig, you know, loads of tech fest bands, Archeon and uh, From Our Ashes, come down to my local venue, and it was literally just like we're at tech fest. Do you know what I mean? It's just loads of mates, we're all catching up. Yeah, I've actually got Sam from Archeon sleeping on my couch. He's a bit hungover this morning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. Uh, it's it's going to continue the fan vibe. Do you know what I mean? Wherever we go, like it's it's going to be a thing. And it's 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 uh, as I say, I was very clear to say it's like it's a hiatus for now, not the end of Tech Fest. Do you know what I mean? You know, I'm still going to be about in the scene. I'm still going to be going to shows. I'm still going to be promoting bands. I'm still going to be like helping people behind the scenes, speak to managers, agents, and book tours and stuff, and probably sending them your way, Liam. Do you know what I mean? So like, uh, you know, it's one of them. Like. Uh, I just need a bit of personal time because I've done this for like 12 years now, plus, you know, a couple of years before that I was doing EDQ. So I've pretty much given about 14, 15 years of my life to promoting fucking down-tuned riffs. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not going to stop that, do you know what I mean? Uh, I've got a lot of stuff planned, but like, yeah, I just need some time to sort my personal life out. I like, lost my dad this year, which is, you know, obviously like a absolute killer. Um and that and, you know, just constantly doing Tech Fest every year, it's quite draining. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, you know, as soon as you finish, you've got to promise dates, you've got to sign contracts with the venues, you've got to get contractors in, you've got to get bands booked. Everyone's asking you when it's happening, where's the ticket links and stuff. And, like, it's just nice to have a bit of time off from all that. Do you know what I mean? Like, at least now I can sit back and look at it from a distance and kind of be like, well, I want to change this, I want to change that, I want to do it here, I want to do it there. Do you know what I mean? And there's no pressure for me to do it next year or any time. Like, you know, it's always going to be tech best if I'm putting on a show, do you know what I mean? The timing's right, mate, because <clears throat> like you say, the second people leave that festival site, you go straight into the next cycle of your next event. So if you don't buy yourself that bit of time, before you know it, you're already wrapped up in the next cycle and you're doing early bird tickets and everything else and it just it, it spirals from there, doesn't it? Everything's very different from when I first started it. You know, the economy is fucking tanked at the minute and there's just... You know, buying a rider is like three times more expensive than it was when I started. Um, you know, everything's going up. Money's just worth nothing these days. And, you know, I think just giving, giving the world a bit of time to try and sort itself out. It's not the climate right now is not conducive to running festivals. Do you know what I mean? It's just a hard time for events all over. And it, it's hard on the fans, which then in turn makes it hard on the festivals because everyone's needing more money to make things happen. Um, so yeah, it's just one of them. Uh, I want to take a break for a little bit and just kind of reformat it. And you know, it'd be nice to not think about it for a little while as well. Just have a bit of a, a brain break from it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and you know, you got to restart your magic career somewhere. So. Exactly, the magician career. <laughs> I'm I'm really excited to see that now. Like, 
next time at the Lidl, I'll, I'll bring some tricks for you then. Is there any message or something you wanted to convey maybe to the people of TechFest in, in wake of the news of taking a hiatus after 10 years? Yeah, um, it's definitely not the end. It is a new beginning and just take some time to, you know, reflect on what we've built together and how much it means to you. And obviously, if you want to see us back soon, support me with some merch, some ticket sales, come down to the last year. Um, obviously, I'll be doing a tech ad at Harry Dog uh, with Liam again, so we'll be announcing that soon. So we're still going to do one of those. Um, but yeah, if you want to come down, make this year count because this will definitely be the last one of its kind. Um, but yeah, yeah, I hope to be back in the future. So just uh, yeah, just, just stick with us. Do you know what I mean? What is the criteria then for a band to perform at Techfest? <clears throat> like, they've got to be pretty pretty heavy shit, yeah? Yeah. Well, I can't argue with the riff, basically. Uh, I'll book it. Like, if the riffs are savage, I'm just going to book it. Like, I don't care how big you are, how small you are, how much industry backing you've got or anything. Like, um, you know, I'm, I really sort of pride myself on trying to find things first and give opportunities to people that are above their sort of level to try and like inspire them to sort of keep at it. Do you know what I mean? Um, I'd say, you know, about like Project Mishram a couple of years ago, no one knew who that was in the UK. You know, even when we announced no one knew who they were. And then like by the end of the festival, they were like the fan favourite. You know, we brought them back uh, last year as like a, you know, like had to be done sort of thing. And uh, yeah, this year I went and got them a slot at Arc Tangent to sort of give us a break from from uh, having them, do you know what I mean? But um, yeah, I mean, a few years ago, they were just a band in India that no one had really heard of, do you know what I mean? And I'd say, you know, they've become a big part of the UK scene now, do you know what I mean? And they're actually going to be doing some Europe dates now as well this year. And where do you source that material? Like, where are you looking to find these bands? Are you on the ground? Are you going to shows? Are you scrolling through countless hours of I'm, YouTube? I'm just constantly messaging Simon with my bands. That's how he, that's how he knows now. <laughs> Other than Techfest, my favourite type of show is just a tiny, dingy metal bar. Like, I'm not a big fan of, like, arena gigs at all. And, you know, just London sort of, uh, like, shows, academy shows. It's just, there's something really sterile about it. And, like, I'll go for it if it's, like, a band I can only see there, fair enough. But, like, I'd much rather be in a dingy metal bar checking out a band that no one's ever heard of, like... You know, it's, that's that's always the side I've been on, and like, you know, I tour I tour drive bands, um, you know, for for a job, but also for for scouting and for flyering. So I go out and flyer every venue I go to. I watch pretty much every band on the tour, um, and yeah, I'll just sort of try and get stuck in and meet as many people as I can along the way. Do you know what I mean, I think I've I've always done that. I've, I was driving before I, I started Techfest. Do you know what I mean? You know, I found many bands on the road like that. Well, I think that's that sort of natural progression, unless you've got anything else to, to say to everyone, Simon, or um, just get your tickets for Techfest this year. It's just uh, uktechfest.com. Um, it's all pretty cheap, four days, and uh, yeah, we've still got another thirty more bands to announce. So, if you like the lineup, you know you're going to get your money's worth. It's actually cheaper to go to Techfest for the full four days than it is to watch Iron Maiden in one of their arena shows. Just saying. Oh yeah, I mean. The, the ticket alone for Techfest is cheaper than a hotel room for most nights. Do you know what I mean? You know, if you get it early, you're talking 90 quid for four days in camping. Um, I think it's like £100 now. You know, it's, it goes up slowly over the year, 10 or each announcement. But 
you know, I'd say we're pretty reasonably priced. You know, I mean, most other festivals are a lot less bands for a lot more money and you probably have to buy hotels on top. Well, congrats, mate, and uh, congratulations on the last 10 years. Um, we wish you all the best um, for your little hiatus and I hope, you know, we hope to see you back shortly. And when you have got something to present, I hope we're the first to hear about it. And Magician Show, we want exclusive on the, the new Magic Show as well, fucking straight up. I'll do a Magic Show for you, Liam. And... Uh... Yeah, like uh, whenever we're back, you're more than welcome. I'll come back on anytime. But yeah, well, I'll see you there, Liam. Hopefully, I'll see you there as well. More than welcome. Bring the hardwired guys down. So, yeah, thanks for having us and that. I appreciate it. No worries, man. Thanks a lot, buddy. Nice one, Simon. Okay, well, thanks for Simon for chatting to us. Um, he didn't tell me you did an industry talk at TechFest. Uh, last year, yeah. Well, How did that go? <laughs> funny story. Okay. Uh, I completely forgot I was doing it. Um, what day was it on? Thursday, the first day. So me and me and my mates, we got there early, pitched up, and the excitement. The first day, you got a festival. It's like sound, fucking beers. Actually, I was drinking dragon soup. What's that? You know, my dragon soup. It's like caffeinated sugar, but it's alcoholic. It's mad. Check out dragon soup. Dragon soup. Um, and yeah, so I had a couple of cans of that. It's like my festival tradition to start with a couple of cans of the soup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple of beers, watching some bands, and then like notification off of my phone. It's like your industry talk starts at four o'clock, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" And like the thing is, I'd planned it all. Like my notes were in my bag in my tent, but I like the excitement of being at a festival because it's my first year at Techfest last year. I just fucking went for it, like watching the bands, like catching up with people. So I was like, fuck, like, I was fucking half cut. So I got up, <laughs> like, went to the, like, where it is. It's in the hangar where they do, do the after parties and the workshops. Yep. I was like, shit. And then, like, people were coming to sit in. It was like, people are actually coming to watch me do this, and I have no idea what the f- fuck I'm going to do. Um, was it like a, a Q&A panel, or did you just have to free roll? Yeah, so I, I, I spoke some stuff. I, like, I did, like, the history of Unearthed and just, you, you know, your basic shit and... The thing is, halfway through, I dropped all my cue cards on the floor, so I had no idea where I was. And then, but I, after that, the first five minutes, I was very much like, eh, eh, eh. and then after that, it, it flowed because I wasn't trying to read what I've done. And yeah, we did a bit of a Q and A session, and yeah, there was, there was quite a few people there to be honest for it. Um, and yeah, it was just a whole comical thing of me forgetting I had to do it. And then, but then after that, like because I, I got that stress in a short amount of time I just got so drunk on strawberry daiquiris after that it was great nice. yeah um, so, so yeah right so um, obviously you running an outdoor festival mm. Simon's story about the flood was intriguing you've got to have something as well what a uh, a show stopping and nearly like Wigan might have to pull the fucking plug here <clears throat> yeah I mean one springs to mind immediately um so we run an event called Back to Festival, which is probably your idea of hell. <laughs> it is a 90s nostalgic festival. Uh, th- not that much. And you've got example playing this year, haven't you? Yeah, I've got example yeah, this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. See, that's not bad, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's uh, Mind you, everyone seems to like the Venger Boys in the metal community. We have a lot of Venger Boys. <laughs> yeah, and that's that. true. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not for me really musically, but the people that come are nice. Um, and, you know, it's just a getaway in it for, yeah, for people. But yeah, we uh, <clears throat> we had a bad one. So our event is works on a tickets token system. Mm-hmm. So we don't have a cash bar; we have tokens. Yeah. And people buy their tokens, and behind the 
token booth is a big metal container, okay. like a secure, proper hardcore security level container with like massive locks. Mm-hmm. And all the money goes in there, all the tokens go in there, you know, like a float for a till. Yeah. So we have to start, it's the first day, it's Thursday. We have to start with like, you know, 20 grand or whatever in, in cash to give people change when they're buying their tokens. Okay. Uh, we have all the PDQ scanners for taking car payments and everything else like that. Mm-hmm. Everything goes in the super secure unit and it's guarded by security. And then my, the guy that runs, well, the guy that owns the festival, Jimmy, he, he uh, was like, right, I'm going to get all the money out. So he goes up to the machine. He's the only person with a key. Okay. And he's, he's opening the door and I don't know, it's not quite working and he's ragging it, ragging it, ragging it. And because it's such a high level security thing, because he's ragging the door, it the thing thinks someone's trying to break into it. <laughs> four massive security bolts just fire. Shit. This thing's on lockdown, man. You are not getting into it. So currently no one can buy a drink. And this was at like 10 to 11 and the arena opens at 12. <laughs> so we ring every locksmith in like a 20 minute drive away mm-hmm. and we're like, get here now. And we're like, fuck it, we're not just gonna ring one, let's ring 10 and whoever gets here first can have the job. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, we're there and we're like, it's getting close. It's getting close to opening. And then the queues are starting to build up to get into the arena. And we're still completely locked out. We've got no PDQs, no money, nothing. So we can't even like do anything. And that first wave of people buying tokens is pretty much all we sell all weekend. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? People buy their tokens and then it drops. Sounds, it's just yeah. a little flutter after that. Um, so yeah, yeah. So we're shitting it, man. And we, we don't know what to do. And then in the end, we had to ring um, like a local company to come down with an axle grinder and literally cut the door off. By which time the crowd had already come in, and you can just sort of see the the door through the yeah. through the gap in the and between the token booth. So we've literally got like six security guards holding up this big black turf to hide the fact that we're just there, like <laughs> cutting through this fucking door. There's fucking sparks in the literally back sparks flying everywhere. We managed to cut into it by about fifteen minutes after like the arena had opened, and uh, yeah, I had to grab everything out. But obviously. If we couldn't have got in there, we couldn't took any money for food, couldn't sold any drinks, couldn't sold like nothing. Um, so that was close to a showstopper. I mean, beers at festivals, like if people came in, it's like, sorry, we can't tell you any beer. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> can you imagine the onslaught of just like, you can't buy any food, you can't buy any drinks. Yeah, but here's your music, yeah, like, yeah. please. <laughs> but yeah, no, that was a rough one. How about you, man? Any, any close calls on the... Uh, Event circuit. Any no? You've had a no show where a band's just literally not communicated, just not turned up, and you've got like an hour's gap to fill. I mean, obviously not on the scale that you or Simon do it. My what I do at my the hairy dog. It's all indoor. I've not got the thing of having to worry about about the bar. So obviously yeah. the hairy dog run everything and, and weather and weather and good internet. Um, well, arguably, yeah. Uh, but yeah, most venues are fine. But fucking hell. Um, I can't remember what band it was, I suppose. I, I wouldn't name them anyway, but it was Altfest last year or the year before COVID, it all sort of blends into one. But it was one of my headliners and it was about five, six o'clock. The music had started at 12 and they were meant to load in at 10 in the morning to do their headline sound check. And then obviously they have their rider and do what the fuck they want all day. Yeah. But yeah, I'd had, they weren't there. They, they just hadn't turned up for sound check. 
so in the end we had to just sound check the first band and so they sound checked the stage luckily the guys I knew the guys who opened that day they were fucking sound um, and yeah it, so that was five o'clock then six o'clock turned over and what so, time were they on? So they were on stage at half past nine right. seven o'clock and at this point at this point on on Fest, I've normally had a few beers and I'm really enjoying the day. You know, everything that could have gone wrong normally happens at the start, yeah. like you know, fucking gear malfunction or something. So normally I'm like, at this point I was just stood there, stone cold sober, just hating my life. And then yeah, half past seven, and they turned up, and they're like, sorry, we we didn't think that we need to be there until this time. Like, did not read the advance sheet. So it wasn't a showstopper in any shape or form, but it was definitely, uh, I am sweating my fucking balls off. Um, but yeah, I've had I've had bands drop out in, in the lead up. On the day? Never on the day, no, fucking touch wood. Um, but yeah, the, the week lead up, obviously COVID was different, you know, yeah. if you test it, because that was, we expected that at, at that year. So I had a list of bands and we I think we had five bands drop out but I had a list as long as my arm so that was easy enough but yeah I've had bands drop out in the week we had a band drop out of our festival two years ago for Covid and you'll never guess what band it was what band? Corona <laughs> <laughs> that's no word of a lie <laughs> fuck off really? no word of a lie oh, yeah. we had to walk on stage and say sorry guys Corona won't be performing at the show this is like two hours before they're meant to go on because they've cancelled due to coronavirus. You can imagine what the, the crowd response. Okay, now, and that is a true story, man. Yeah, really looking forward to um to Sasha and Cider Fest. That'd be good. Yeah, no, hopefully, yeah. hopefully, not the crew don't drop out last yeah, minute. You know, yeah. I'm gonna boot them off. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's it, man. That's three shows down. Thank you to Simon for joining us from Tech Fest. Um, were you going Tech Fest? I'm going to TechFest. Are you going to TechFest? Am I going to TechFest? What's the date? When is it? It's the last weekend of June. I think you've got a festival. festival yeah, I will be producing a 90s nostalgia festival that weekend, but I'd much rather be in a dirty hangar listening to fucking metalcore and logos I can't read. Yeah, that's it, man. Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll keep you posted on, on how it's going on the ground. Awesome. Okay, so that's it, guys. That's it for this show, and we'll see you on the next one. Cheers, guys. <laughs>